2: Hey, welcome back to another episode of Superhuman Radio. We have an amazing show planned today. You know, uh, I w- I hated it when Dr. Andrew Weil used to tell people, learn to age gracefully. Just go with it. And I have been a staunch proponent of not just going with it, but fighting back against aging because you can win the battle. And, you know, me saying it is one thing, but then we have people Uh, in our community that actually uh, live the life and I want to introduce you uh, to someone today her name is Iris Davis how you doing Iris
1: I'm doing great lovely to talk to you Carl
2: so thank you Iris the reason I have you on the show today is because you embody uh, what aging can really be like we have a lot of people in in the world today that are aging poorly uh, disease states uh, it, it's very very sad, quite frankly in fact I, I would venture to say that the greatest threat to American sovereignty is not terrorism and it's it's not immigration it's the, the, the weight of taking care of people for the last 40 or 50 years of their lives uh, who can't take care of themselves and uh, and quite frankly uh, it, anyone can do better at aging Uh, but it's not easy you have to make some certain decisions you have to live a certain way and but a lot of people may think well if you have a charmed life it's easy for you but that's not your case at all and really i want to start at the very very beginning uh, of your life because this is a very very important story you are 75 years old now right
1: yes correct
2: okay so let's go back to the very beginning you you were born in ireland correct
1: Correct. Yes.
2: And tell us your story the way you told it to me the other day. You were a young girl in Ireland. You were married pretty young. Talk about it.
1: Okay. Well, I'm going to start with the childhood and talk about my family a little bit.
3: Good. Uh, Because,
1: you know, we are are what we are in childhood. It just stays with us our entire life. So um, I was born into a family with uh, 14 children. I think I was number seven, so I had five younger and seven older, six older. Uh, seven brothers and seven sisters to mom and dad. We were not very wealthy at, at all. We, were, we weren't we the poorest in the neighborhood, but we weren't very wealthy. And everybody in the neighborhood was on the same income bracket, which was kind of poor. So uh, but my family background, had a lot of class, and although we were poor, we were not ignorant, but it was very hard to uh, grow up in a family that big, and consequently, to this day, I've learned to love my own company, Hmm. so when I do anything, I don't rely on anyone, I don't depend on anyone, it's just myself.
2: Okay, now that, 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 that attitude has carried you a long way. So let let's kind of fast forward to uh, you you getting married. Teenages. Yeah, you getting married. Yeah.
1: Okay. Right. Well, I met this wonderful man who was a student at Trinity College Dublin and I actually bumped into him in the street. And I remember looking at him and thinking, "Oh my god." Like I was 17. Now actually I was 16. And I remember looking at this guy, he was 22 at the time. And he was very handsome. Even to this day, I can remember the second I saw him. And then a couple of months later, I was going to like a social club in Dublin where we would all go and dance, have a great time. And I bumped into him again there. And he danced with me and we got talking and we fell madly in love and got married at 17. So at the time I was working... A very menial job because most people, my generation in Ireland at that time, most people, they left school at 14. That was the school leaving age. And I was one of them. I left school at 14 and I went to work in a sewing factory. I made my own clothes and my wages was a dollar a week. It was 10 shillings at the time. Which is now, which is one dollar, and out of that one dollar, I had to buy my own clothes. So that was my work, and then I met—we'll call him Johnny. I met Johnny, and uh, he could see I was extremely smart and bright. And even though I'd only went to school till i gone to school till I was fourteen, he sent me back to a secretarial college. Mm-hmm and i did a two year secretarial course i did it in 6 months passed everything in 6 months whereas the the other girls would go home and do one lesson in an evening i would go home and do 20 or 25 the teacher was quite amazed i passed everything in 6 months and then i went to a paralegal school again i passed that very very fast because my husband was a student at trinity college dublin and he's was studying every night. So while he's studying, I studied with him. And consequently, I have a lot of self-learning and self-knowledge, which has carried me through. So anyway, we got married, and I had my first son, a boy, also called Johnny. And life was nice. I had a nice life, beautiful apartment, not short of money, doing well. And I had my first son at 18. Unfortunately, he died of crib death pneumonia when he was two months old. And that was very devastating. I had to learn to cope with that. But I coped in my way. I thought, you know, I can't lie down on the bed and die with him. I have to carry on. So I really didn't grieve because I thought, you're not supposed to grieve. Don't walk around with a big sad face. Just carry on. I didn't even go to see him buried because I didn't want to see him buried. He's in buried in uh, Glasnevin Cemetery in Dublin. So I just went on my life. That's when I went back to school, actually, to become a paralegal. And I tried many times to have another child. I had five miscarriages some of them as late as five months i had five miscarriages and then when i was 22 i had another son kaz and tragedy struck me again i was still living i was living in london by now um Two months after Kaz was born, my husband died in a tragic accident. Mm. And I was left with a two-month-old, with no money, no work experience whatsoever, uh, really no education that you could talk about. But I was still very smart and started to think about my future. So that was my first time I experienced depression and trauma. So in order to combat the depression, I used to just walk up and down the streets. I would be crying my eyes out the entire time.
2: And When you when you told me this first story, I was thinking about something. There's been times where I've felt panic, where I feel like I just need to start walking. Was it that kind of situation where you were you so angst ridden about the future and about how you were going to deal with You know, back when you're talking about, it wasn't very easy for a woman to just go out, get a job and start doing things and raise a single, be a single mom. It wasn't hard. So was it the weight of the panic so great that you just had to move? You had to walk?
1: I had to move. Yes. I could lay in bed all day or I had to move. And for me, movement was connecting with some kind of universe that was helping me. Right. I would walk. And I would have long conversations with myself, long conversations. And I get, you know, I just got the great answers that way. But I looked around, remember, I'm like 22, no world experience. I looked around at other women in my situation who had a baby. And a lot of them were unmarried, but they all had this attitude of, Oh, my God, look at me. My
2: life is over.
1: I have a baby. Help me. Somebody give me clothes. Give me money. Give me something because right. I need it and I deserve it. I have a, I have a baby and, and you know, I'm poor and I'm sad. And I couldn't stand that attitude because that wasn't me. I was poor and I was sad and I was depressed. But I knew I was my own help. There was nobody going to come out of the woodworks and say, Here's a week's wages for nothing. Here's a bag of clothes. No one was going to do that. So I thought really hard, and I thought, what can I do? I'm living in London. I am not well off at all. So I just decided, you know what? At that time, the Mary Poppins movie was very popular with the English nannies. I'm talking about the early 60s now. And I went to an agency in London and they said, I said, I want a job in America as a nanny. My son was two months old, remember. So they said, well, you know, you've got a baby. He's two months old. I don't think we're going to be able to find you a job. And I said, well, I'm assuming that it will probably take you two years to get me a job. So by then, my son would be two. He'd be a little... Wilder, and he'd be able to walk around, and maybe I could, you know, bring him to work with me or not. So I put that idea in their head, you know, try and find me a job with young children who doesn't mind taking in another child. Right. So I thought it would take two and a half years. I thought, okay, it'll be three or something. Hi, Janet. It'll be three or something when I get a job. Anyway, to my big shock, I got a job a week later. I couldn't believe it. I had a doctor in Massachusetts who was widowed with four four young children, the the youngest one being about 18 months, and I got offered a job immediately, which I wasn't expecting. So I legally came to this country in 1966. I'll never forget the date, 17th of December, because my son was exactly six months old the day I landed and I had $10 in my pocket and I went to work in a tiny town of Sherbourne, Massachusetts.
2: So talk about how you were first introduced to the, the old style gymnasium and what the men thought about you that you want. That, I mean, women didn't walk into gymnasiums back then. No,
1: there was, Lots of gyms wouldn't even allow me to enter. Really? Because I was, you know, when I took the job as a nanny, I was, I, I had already started working out because I wanted to work out for my sanity. The only place I had any relax or relief was when I was in the gym. I When I was walking and walking and walking, just up and down crying, one day I saw some guys Great big man with great big stomachs, you know, big bodybuilder <laughs> types walking into the gym. And I don't know what happened, but I just walked in behind them. Now, I'm 22, cute. I've got long, long hair down my back. You know, but I was miserable, absolutely miserable. And uh, they sort of said, what are you doing here? You're the last person in the world that needs to be in a gym. And I said, well, I just need to be here because I want to learn to do some exercises. So I copied all the men. I never had a trainer. I just copied the men. And they were very helpful because, you know, they knew that I really needed to be there. Mm -hmm. And I found out the longer I stayed in the gym, the more relief I was getting. I was able to think clearly. I was able to do my job. I have four children to look after now, plus my son, Kaz, who turned out to be a wonderful man. Um, And that's how it started. So I started um, just teaching myself. So all the years I knew that I couldn't stop because if I stop, and I mean today, if I stop working out today, I will be in severe depression by Friday. Right. So I cannot stop. So exercising has been the elixir of life. It has kept me sane. Not to mention all the benefits I'm having now. I'm youthful. I'm vivacious. I have energy. I'm passing on my knowledge to other seniors and youngsters. So I have trained quite a few champions myself. And um, so I continued working as a nanny until my son was five. And then when he was five, I decided... I could get an apartment because I, would, I could put them into daycare and go on and get some other jobs. Right. So you want to hear about that now, Carl? Well,
2: I, want, I, have, I have some questions for you, okay? And I didn't want to okay. interrupt you because it's really uh, – one of the things that uh, I want people to hear about you is we, we all have challenges in our lives. And it, to our individual perceptions, they are tragedies. My father used to have a saying that if everybody on the block threw their troubles in the street and then we went out to trade our troubles with someone else, we'd come home with our own troubles when we realize that we're a lot better off than we think we are. And, and the thing that I think that's really important to come away with from this point in the discussion is that tragedy does not mean it's the end of your life. Uh, it, it, and, and, and you're a living example of that. Now, you do have to have ways of coping with tragedy. You just can't go to bed and wake up in the morning and think it's going to be gone. And for you, it was physical culture. You learned at an early point in your life that when I exercise, I feel better. So probably in the early days for you, you would wake up in the morning and all of your troubles are always there in the morning when you first wake up. You can't help oh, yeah. it. All you think about I is all oh, this and that. That's and right. you, and you, But you you made yourself go. You made yourself train. And I'm sure, like me... When you walk out of the gym, you're all better. Everything that you were worried about in the morning seems to be in perspective. The things you thought you were not going to be able to do, you feel like, oh, I'll be able to do that now. And to me, that's medicine. That really is real medicine. Not pills, not potions, not injections, but the fact that you can walk into a building and spend an hour there and walk out and feel marvelous. So that's that true. that was for you. I, that was true.
1: Yeah. I actually skip out the gym. I skip out like I'm a five-year-old. <laughs> yeah, 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 even,
3: right.
1: even to this day, I right. skip out. And even to this day, I practically, most days, i out of the gym. I literally, have to grab myself by the collar here and say, time to go. You've done enough. Right. Because I can never have enough. Ever. So,
2: <laughs> so, so, let, let, so let's talk a little bit about um, – how you train now. I mean, you've had some amazing accomplishments. You've been training for 51 years as of this point in time, right? Okay. And so you've had setbacks. You've told me there have been setbacks where I had to just go into the gym and all I could work out with was was two-pound weights. What happened uh, at those periods of life that that you had to literally fight back just to be where you were before? Well,
1: even though I was... Physically active, I still had to go through my grief, mm-hmm. which I never coped with. I had two deaths to cope with, and I never coped with either of them because I, I thought this is good. Just push it, push it behind me. It'll, it's fine. So when I entered my thirties, I was living in San Francisco. I had a great job there at a bank in San Francisco, and that's when I entered my nervous breakdown period, Mm. which I never used to tell anybody. But now I realize it was part of my life, and I had to go through this to be where I am talking to you today. Um, My first bout of depression—I always remember it because it was the—it was 1969. And uh, Lee Armstrong had just landed on the moon. And I'm sitting in a psych ward at a hospital in Massachusetts. And I'm looking at it. And I've never forgotten it for that reason. So every time I see someone land on the moon, it brings me back. There I was. I was like 24, 25, something like that. And I'm still gorgeous. I always kept looking after myself. But so miserable and so depressed so crying, couldn't even move, couldn't talk to people, couldn't look at people, suffering a nervous breakdown. And that was my first of three nervous breakdowns that I had to be hospitalized for because I hadn't grieved. And I still didn't get my grief out then, my first breakdown. I still didn't realize that I had to let the grief out. It was still in. I never talked about it, never told anyone about it. It was my business, and I didn't want to put on a sad, miserable face. So I didn't tell anyone. And then finally I had to. (laughs) It just comes out.
2: (laughs) You know, it's really interesting uh, to hear this, because the whole time that I'm listening to you talk, I'm thinking about the fact that – you know, we all – and I, I beat this drum often because we all have tragedies in our lives. But what, what, what do you think it is about people when you tell them if you just get into the gym, if you just move your body, if you just do these things, you'll feel better, but yet they won't do that. They'd rather go to the doctor and get an antidepressant or, 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 or Xanax or something like that when the true answer is just being, being more active.
1: Well, I can talk from experience, so a lot of people listen to me, and when I tell them to do something, they know I've been doing it for 50 years, so I know what I'm talking about, so I actually mentor hundreds of women right now, hundreds. They write to me daily. I try to answer them all, because if they're going to open up their heart to me, at least I should do an answer, but there might be some people listening now that didn't get an answer, and actually... I get carpal tunnel from going on my phone too much. Right. Advising, motivating. And they're they're all sad stories. And I have a lot of clients who came to me specifically when they had to look after elderly parents Mm. and they saw what the elderly parents are going through. And they said, that's not going to happen to us. And I have some great examples of that. And I don't just train seniors. I train young men, too. I turned last year alone. I got a 23-year-old young guy up on stage. He'd been with me six months training. And now he's, he went home with two trophies for a show. Champion.
2: You know, it's interesting you said that about caring for uh, – I have never really been depressed in my life, but I, I went through several oh. bouts of depression when I – Uh, When I watched my father die, it became very painfully obvious to me that I was going to die someday. For some reason, I never thought about it until I watched him die. And I thought, oh, my God, that's going to be me someday. Am I ready for that? And then I took care of my mom for a couple years. And I really uh, caretakers become severely depressed because they're they're faced with uh, the, the tragedy of watching someone that they love fade away. And, it's, and, and, and that was the only time I ever became depressed in my life was when I was taking care of my mom. Uh, and, 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 again, it, it, it's, it's something because caretakers, sometimes they end up 20 years taking care of a person. I mean, it's, it's yes. a very sad situation for them.
1: Yeah, I, that is a very sad situation. And the carers have to realize that one day they're going to need looking after themselves – and they need to start looking after themselves.
2: That's important, and that's what I want to pick up on the other side. I want to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, I want to, talk, I want to share a, a theory of mine with you and see if it's something that you too believe in as well. Now, if people want to reach out to you who are watching this live or watching it on YouTube uh, or even uh, on Facebook at a later time, listening to the podcast, how can people reach you uh, because you're, you're in South Carolina, right?
1: Yes, I'm in the North Georgia mountains, yes.
2: Okay, so there are people probably listening to this that would probably want to maybe work with you, that are in, in close vicinity to you. How should people uh, reach you, Iris?
1: Well, I have a, my Facebook page is full. I can't take any more friends on Facebook. But my Instagram page is at Iris Davis Official, all lowercase. No. at Irish official and that and my email I can give you the email yeah give the so give the I
2: email can... address out to people yes
1: okay the email is very simple It's slimwrists at aol.com s l i m r i s Slimwrists at aol.com That's where did where did that
2: where did that come from
1: well when i was a kid my brother nicknamed me slim because i was always slim right yeah. and i'm t- i'm lucky to this day i The only time I lose weight is when I have to go on stage. Right. I go down about 110 pounds. If I'm going on stage, I'll have to get down to about 98 pounds. Uh Ah. All the fat will go, and I'll be great, 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 big muscular lady.
2: I've seen – and thank you for doing that and showing people your biceps because it's pretty amazing. You know, I have to keep reminding myself that you're 75, and that's because the average 75-year-old woman – Uh, doesn't look like you she can she can and we're going to talk more about that later uh yes we
1: have some clients yes who who are my age and look like me
2: that and and we're going to talk more about them we're going to take one quick commercial break we'll be right back with more of iris davis stay tuned you're listening to or watching superhuman radio You'll gain with it. There are a few products that I believe in the way I believe in Can-See Eye Drops. I've been using can for six months now and the changes in my vision are nothing short of amazing. Wow, that's an old commercial. The truth is I've been using Can-See Eye Drops for 11 years now and I credit Can-See Eye Drops as being the reason that I do not need reading glasses at 58 years old. Can-See Eye Drops improves the quality and health of your eyes indefinitely. That's why I both use and endorse can eye drops go to wisechoicemedicine.com and learn about how can eye drops can improve the health of your eyes and the quality of your vision today hey this is carl start your day just like i do with a high dose lipospheric vitamin c from live on labs you too can benefit from live on labs lipospheric delivery system no more pills or powders that's outdated technology Livon Labs has the world's most efficient vitamin delivery system period. Learn a lot more today at liveonlabs.com and benefit from their new reduced pricing.
0: obligation phone consultation today feel younger get in better shape and be more productive
2: at RenewLifeRx.com for the past four months I've been keeping a secret every night at bedtime I tape my mouth shut with Somnifix strips that's right and here's why whether you snore or not at some point in the night almost all of us start breathing through our mouth since I've started using Somnifix strips I've noticed that I sleep deeper and have seen improvements in my health, fitness and cognitive function that's because nose breathing activates the parasympathetic nervous system and improves nitric oxide production. And that leads to improved sleep immunity, carbon dioxide, oxygen exchange, and much more. Oh, and if you do snore, it'll help you stop snoring. Try Somnifix risk-free. Go to SOMNIFIX.com forward slash SHR. Get a free trial pack of Somnifix strips today. This is the Superhuman Channel, where we use oxygen for the power of good. Welcome back. So let's, uh, let's cover a couple comments that people have made uh, while we're talking here. Pamela Garvin says, I'm helping my 92-year-old mom. It's so hard. And it is. And we talked about that a second ago, uh, about how difficult it is being a caretaker. And uh, you're kind of s- surrounded by depression when you're a caretaker, you know, Iris? Yes,
1: you are. Oh, yes, you are. Yes. But there's very little joy in your life when you're a caretaker. But that's, why,
2: that, but that's why it's important to reach out to other people. I, I know. And what, one of the things I, I love about you already, because one of the things you said is that you're, you're not a person who thinks that entitlement is real like oh i'm entitled to someone helping me because i have a baby they should give me a bag of clothes like you said before and you've got to go crazy today in the united states with the attitudes of entitlement that so many people Uh. suffer from but but this is an area of life i believe where community is critically important if you're somebody who's a caretaker uh you actually need some people to help uh reduce your burden. Uh, because you can you can literally become ill being a caretaker from just oh, yeah. the, the constant sadness.
1: Yes,
2: yes. Uh, yes. also also Julie Love Knine, I hope I'm pronounced or maybe it's just yeah, nine. She's
1: beautiful, my beautiful friend.
2: Yeah, she said that she hopes that she can listen to this later because she has to leave. And absolutely you'll be able to come back to this Facebook page and see the whole video in its entirety. It will also be up on my YouTube channel if you search for Superhuman Radio. On YouTube, uh, and then of course there's the podcast for people who just want to listen to it and not necessarily watch uh, the entire vi- video. Uh, and then of course uh, Brian Guil, he says, "Keep inspiring yes. the masses, Iris. You're awesome, and I think Another you're awesome." Time,
1: Thank and, you, Brian.
2: Yeah, let's see. We've got the, we've got uh, uh, Juanita Love uh, coming back. here yeah, I want to be like you now, and I'm 51 years old. Yo, you can be, you can be like. Iris, yes, now you
1: can it, Bonita? Yes, you can. And I just got a lovely message from my son on the screen. Oh, which one was that? It came down privately. His name is Kaz. He, he's from England. Oh. And I have relatives in Ireland listening as well.
2: Yeah, look. Look at this. You've
1: know, you been How- in Ireland yourself.
2: All the people showing uh, their admiration and love for you. It's really inspiring and you know here
1: I'm her ex trainer I'm her former trainer
2: <laughs> you know that's another thing i find interesting and, and and kind of come back to the the topic that i want to cover you know you are a personal trainer you train other people um yes. i have i have an old uh saying you can't get up a hill your, uh, you you can't help someone up a hill without getting there yourself do you subscribe to that
1: absolutely
2: yeah.
1: absolutely i know what works I know what doesn't work. And my favorite saying to my client is, if I can do it, you can do it. Right. And also, I will never give them something that they cannot do because I know before they even know whether they can do it or not. Right. I never take my eyes off their face. I'm a very unusual trainer. I get rid of all negative attitudes before we even start. And no one is allowed to say they don't like this because once you say you don't like it, you're never going to like it. Right. Like some people don't like leg press. Some people don't like sit-ups. I won't listen to any moans. If you're moaning, you have to go home.
2: In fact, I, I believe the things that you don't want to do the most are the ones you have to do. Because yeah, those, that, that's the only way you can break new ground. Because we always, we always want to do the things that we find easy. But we want to avoid mm-hmm. the things we, we find hard. Well, those are the things that you have to do.
1: Yes, absolutely. You, I mean, I can I can easily easily do two three hours of abs a day. Easily, no problem. Right. How I how many eye
2: contact? Since you are at the gym, meeting with clients, uh, do you work out in between them, or do, do you spend most? Since you, you you probably spend a lot of time at the gym, how frequently do you train yourself? Every day. Yeah.
1: I have a lot of clients that I work with. So I have a lot of ladies my age, for example, and while they're training, I'm training with them. And if they're using five pounds, I'm using five pounds. Mm -hmm. If they're using 50 pounds, I'm using 50 pounds. I become their partner, not just the trainer. I become their partner. And, of course, I encourage them the whole time. I never take my eyes off them. They're not allowed to talk in in between sessions because they're paying me good money for my knowledge. And my time and my commitment. And that's what I give them. And I'm very, very successful as a trainer. Very, very successful. I've been at it so long now that, you know, you're not going to do anything wrong when you're with me. I stop you on the phone right away and it's not perfect. I teach them how to think. I do what I call neuro-linguistic training. Oh, I know what that is. (laughs) See, so I, I tell them, if you let me into your head... Anything is possible. And sometimes they don't believe it for a while, but then eventually they'll go, you know, you're right. If I let you in here, anything is possible. If you soak it in, believe it, think it, vision it. Vision it.
2: So and I do a lot of that. Here's a question from Pamela Garvin. Can you work out at home or do you recommend going to the gym? What are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, you definitely can work out at home. However, let me tell you, working out at home is, Is actually quite hard. I work out at home, but I do prefer to go to the gym. The reason being the equipment's there, the motivation's there. There's other people working out as well. And you can't stop. If you're in the middle of a set and you think, ah, you really have to finish it, whereas when you're at home, the phone will ring, you'll pick it up. You stop and you think, oh, I'll, I'll just stop now. I'll come back later. But you don't come back later. And I know I've done all this. So you're actually much off getting up and going out. Just the fact of preparing yourself, putting on your nice clothes. And don't ever dread going to the gym. Say, Ah, oh, I can't wait to get to the gym. If you see my Facebook post, my happiest part of the day, apart from the evening when my husband and I just like to sit on the couch, happiest part of my day is in the gym. Right. In the gym. And I do my heavy workouts when everybody's gone. That's why. Because why?
2: Why do you wait till everybody's gone?
1: Well, because I get a lot of questions, oh. and I have to keep stopping, taking off my earphones, and answering them. I rather just yeah forty-five minutes on a certain machine and, and and get it over with. And I can do that when there's no one there. I you know I've learned that right that I like, and I always advise my clients: put your phones on especially when they're doing, I said, concentrate on something. So anybody walking by, they're not See,
2: I, I find the answer is eye contact. I'm like you. People come up to me and yeah. want to talk. I've been going to the same gym now for 20 years and I know everybody. And I, and I love the community. I have workout equipment at home that Elisa and I can use in a pinch. Uh, you know, I, my mm-hmm. attitude is um you, 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 you may like to eat out, but you should have a refrigerator and stove at home just in case you can't get out to eat. And I look at the gym the same way. I like to go to the gym because I'm more motivated when I get there. I think that ritual and regimentation add to the experience. But what I do is I have my headphones on. I put my hoodie on, and then if somebody is approaching me in the middle of a set because they want to talk to me, I just don't make eye contact, and eventually they walk away. That's what I yes, do. That's,
1: that's what I do. Yeah. That's what you do. The, the people who are not used to working out, the people who just sit there and do that and you see them like 20, 12 years later, they're still doing that with no development whatsoever. They don't understand they've got to connect. If you don't connect, you're not getting anywhere.
3: Right, right.
1: I have 72 year old ladies who are doing 100 sit ups with 85 pounds already. Are you kidding? Oh, Incredible. I have a 75 year old lady just like me. She came into the gym at 65 years old. She'd never been in the gym in her life. And she is now, she's on my site. She's on the Aging Evolution site. And she's just fabulous. All my ladies look like that. Everybody always says, oh, Body by Iris.
2: Ah, I like that. I like that. So Rodney Gray wants to know what your website is. Do you have a website, Iris?
1: No, I don't have a website. I keep saying I should get one. But... Rodney, I am going to get one, but my Facebook – no, my Instagram page is at Iris Davis Official, and I would love to see you on there. Yeah, There's hundreds of photos and videos of me on there, but I will get a web webpage.
2: And, really and and Janice Steele says, I love working out at home, and at the end of the day, I think the real answer to whether to train at home or whether to train at the gym is – where are you most likely to consistently rest. train? Yeah. Yes. At the end of the day, that's really it. If you if yeah. you if you like to train at home and you always train at home, and if you have to train at the gym, you only get there one or tw- twice a week, then by all means, train at home. Yeah,
1: but do something every day.
2: Okay, so let me ask you this question. Obviously, uh, you are of great, robust health. Uh, you 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 look. Forty years younger than you are, uh, but you must be. Do you surround yourself with younger people? Do you find that, uh, uh, from a friendship standpoint, uh, socializing? Do you find women your age uh, either are intimidated by you, or or they're just they just don't have anything in common with you?
1: No, I don't think anyone is intimidated by me because I don't think I'm anyone special. I go into the gym every morning to the silver sneakers class. All the ladies in there are all my age, and I I greet them every morning. Hello, girls. We have a great laugh. They're my generation. We know what we're talking about. I also have younger people. Um, I find sometimes, strange as it may be, younger women are kind of jealous of me, and I don't know why. Because <laughs> That's good. That's a good I thing. Him, and I've, I've got a couple in my neighborhood who are jealous of me, which is a big shock. That's good. Because <laughs> I never knew anyone was ever, ever jealous of me.
2: Uh, here's an interesting most question. Most
1: women, I'm um, friends with them all. And they say to me, oh, I'm really surprised. And one lady wants to come up to me, actually. You-
2: Uh-oh. What happened? We lost Iris. You know what? This is a good place to take a commercial break while we reconnect her. We'll figure that out. A little technical difficulty here. Stay tuned. You're listening to Superhuman Radio. Iris will be right back, I promise. And we'll play a song. Hey, this is Carl. Start your day just like I do with a high dose lipospheric vitamin C from Live On Labs. You too can benefit from Live On Labs' lipospheric delivery system. No more pills or powders. That's outdated technology. Live on Labs has the world's most efficient vitamin delivery system, period. Learn a lot more today at LiveOnLabs.com and benefit from their new reduced pricing. That's LiveOnLabs.com, L-I-V-O-N, labs.com. That was a, uh, a quick commercial break that we just fit in there because of uh, some technical issues. We lost you there for a second. And we have questions, Iris. We have lots of people. Yes. People want to ask you questions, Iris. So the first right. one, let me see. I got work, work, work. to work my way back down here. Uh, the first one is uh, from Kathy Nagel, it looks like. Let me get that. Oh, yes. yes. She says, uh, what kind of supplements? Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Nagel Baker. Uh, do you use yes. supplements? And just curious, if you do, what do you recommend?
1: Truthfully and honestly, I don't use any supplements. When I was younger, between the ages of 50 and 60, I did a lot a lot of competing. and the only supplements I ever took was um, a good quality protein powder and a supplement from uh, the vitamin store called MSM from my joints. right. And that helps with the cartilage recovery. Other than that, I don't take any supplements whatsoever.
2: So Rodney, the reason he asked about a website, he says, it's actually for my parents who are your age. I'm trying to give them motivation. I would imagine this is common for you. I would imagine that a lot of people come to you because they want to tell their parents about you.
1: That's true, yes. I'm always flattered. I'm always flattered. I have have ladies who come, they pass by the gym, and they just come in to say hi to me. Which is always very flattering. I say, come on in. Um, People, you know, people have said to me, oh, I didn't think you would talk to someone like me. Really? I say, what? You know, I talk to everybody. (laughs) I am nothing special. I just found my passion years ago to cure my own life. That's all. I, you know, and I, you know, I just know it feels fantastic to be fit and look good.
2: (laughs) Mar- Mary Jane Cole is my new producer. She's telling me, will you please ask her about her pull-up record? It's incredible. And that's really... So one of the things... I learned about you from uh, Tammy Nesland. Uh, uh, Nestland And yes, she, sent me, she sent me a picture, a video of you uh, uh, doing pull-ups. And it was like viral. It had like a, a million or so views on it. Four.
1: Over four million.
2: Four million. And so talk about yeah. that. I, how did that... How did that even occur? And you are a world record holder, are you
1: not? Yes, for pull-ups. Well, I've always done pull-ups. They've never been difficult for me. But I never did 21. The most I had ever done was five. And, of course, I have a beautiful sponsor called Aging Evolution. And they are what I'm all about. They got in touch with me and said we'd like to – try and promote you because I've been doing this for 51 years and I've never had any recognition whatsoever. I see people who've been doing it for two years and they're making videos and, you know, I kind of get sick looking at it because half of them don't know what they're talking about. The other half don't know what they're doing. I've been doing it for 51 years. I've trained trainers.
3: Mm.
1: And so finally aging evolution Came along and gave got me some publicity. By all my videos went viral when I put them on the Aging Evolution site. Um, I've appeared in a movie that I have to go back to Las Vegas in April and finish the movie. Um, but I'm I'm digressing here. Well, the wait, wait, Aging wait. Could you
2: say, Could you tell us the name of the movie so we can watch out for it?
1: Don't know the name of the movie yet, but it's myself and five other members of Aging Evolution. Plus some stars that I don't know yet. They're filling it, filming it right now today in Las Vegas. We're filming segments. I went out to, uh, to Los Angeles last September to um, a good gym out there to, to film. So I filmed my bits. Okay. And then right now they're filming, filming some more. There's going to be celebrities, people from all walks of life, all getting their segment in. Um, but it was aging evolution who got me on the map and i'm very very grateful
2: and their for website them. is is it agingevolution.com
1: yeah www agingevolution yeah
2: there you go so people and they have
1: watch. they have lots of videos of me on there and other amazing athletes
2: right um Pamela garvin wants to know do you uh train people in person or, or do you only do online consultations well can you no, do online no, not-
1: No, I don't do any online. I only do online to special friends. Um, My training is one-on-one. I will train couples. I love to train husband and wives together. Love to train husband and wives. It's great because each one is usually as strong as. And most women are so strong, but they don't know it. They don't know it. Women are very strong. Yeah. Yeah. They don't think. They think, oh, I can't do that. And I go, yes, you can, yes, you can, yes, you can. And they go, really? I say, yes, you can. Once they know they can, then they'll do it. I say, give me one. I don't say, give me 10. I'll say, give me two. If two is all you can do, that's a set to me. You'll do two.
2: So how many pull-ups did you do, actually, to win the world record?
1: 21.
2: Wow.
1: It went out on live TV, uh, Good Morning, Texas. And I did 21. I broke the record by 11.
2: (laughs) Oh, like not just by one or two, by eleven! Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. That's amazing. Now, obviously, how do you feel about trainers who, um, who train uh, long distance or or remotely over the internet? Do you really think you can train a person if you're not there watching them do things?
1: I have done it. You have. But it, it takes hard work because you have to see them what they're doing. Yeah, You have to let them take their camera into the gym, videotape them. Because remember, there's form. There's how you stand. There's how you put your knee, even your lower back, how you stand, how you look, your posture, how you breathe. If you don't breathe, you're getting nothing out of it. And I prefer one-on-one. But I have thought, because so many people are asking me to do online, that maybe I should because – I'm spending a lot of time just talking and motivating anyway that I think if I had a website, I might be at it all day
2: long. <laughs> well, you know, see, see, uh, I think you're right about something here that you said. And, and, and this is so a lot of people who train online, they want to be able to train a thousand people and they just give them the same notes. Everybody gets this. Everybody gets that. But what you just said and I thought about it and I thought, you know, if you really want to do it right, you have to actually have people. Uh, videotape their entire workouts. I mean, it doesn't yeah. have to be videoing from them going from one machine to the other, but no. each movement should be videoed, which means that you have to spend the same amount of time watching those videos as if you went to the yeah. gym with them.
1: Yeah. And I'd have to charge them a lot of money. But because I with movement, when I'm looking at them, I'm just sitting, um, you know, I'm not holding in my stomach. I'm not clenching my glutes. I'm just sitting. Right. So, the advent, the advantage of going to the gym is endless.
2: Yeah. Endless.
1: I, I, so the, when, I, when yeah. my clients sit down when my client sits down at a machine and he just sits down, he or she sits down and they pick up the weight and they go, I make them stop. I tell them, No, you can't just do that. When you sit down at that machine, that machine then becomes your friend. That machine's going to help you. So when you put your hands on the cables or on the handles, you've got to go into a zone right there, find your contact, don't blink, and think what you do. Send your message. You tell yourself that you're going to do it and how you're going to do it. And then you start. And I can read, I read the face. I read the face. If they lose contact, if they blink, if they look over there, I say, no, you got maybe two good reps out of that set of 10. You've got to make every single rep count, every rep.
2: You know, it's funny. I've interviewed Frank Zane a couple times in my career, and he would love what you just said (laughs) because Frank is all about mind-muscle connection. Frank is all about, you know, uh, training should be almost uh, zen, almost meditation, and you have to have your mind in it uh, in in order to do it right. So that's that's really interesting. Um, We have more questions. Uh, This one is, uh, Iris said, some people can't afford a trainer. For those, can you recommend an app that they can use?
1: I really can't. Um, I wouldn't want to because the only app I would recommend would be mine, and I don't have one. I've seen some trainers who are not trainers, and I've seen some great trainers So unless I know them personally, I can't, I can't. See, because what you
2: say is really interesting because I, I, over the, over the past couple decades, I've started to think more and more about the way I train and what I've known to be true and what I've found out isn't true. And the reality is that um, when you work with a personal trainer, it's like you're in university. So you're learning the you're learning all the individual pieces, but then you get out of university and you start to assemble them the way they work for you, and so you you know you you wouldn't expect to just buy the books that are given Correct. in the curriculum and go home and go I I can learn to be a surgeon no there's more to yeah. it and there's a practical side of it and I and I kind of feel like there there's a lot of there's a lot of personal trainers out there. That if you go to them and say I really can't afford a personal trainer, uh, but I know I need one, can you work something out with me? They will. They'll. They'll. Like yeah, some of them. Will. Some of them belong to what's called red feather agencies, where whatever you can afford is what you'll pay them, and they will train you. And you just have to be trained by them one time. In other words, yeah. this movement, that movement. Then after that, you're off on your own. You don't need a trainer forever.
1: No. No, if you can afford it, it's a great luxury. But I absolutely agree. Two, three lessons. Give them the idea what they need to think, how they look, how they should dress even. And definitely when you sit down and pick up that weight, you've right. got to have – I don't know if anybody's seen any of my, my videos. There's loads of them on Instagram. But you'll never see me waver from my form or my concentration, never. And when I when you're doing it and I'm your trainer – I never take my eyes off you. Never. So the second I take my eyes off you, you're going to do something wrong. Second. So so.
2: since I've been studying aging well, and I've been doing this show, I'm in my 14th year now, one of the things that I always can see in people who age well is routine and regimentation. They get up at the same time. They go to sleep at the same time. They eat their meals at the same time. They eat the same meals you know, I, and, and I, I I I had the luxury of meeting George Burns when I lived in Las Vegas. And George had a couple martinis a day. He smoked a big old cigar a day. But he had routine. He got up in the morning. He had the same breakfast. He went to sleep at the same time. And even I've come to the conclusion that when you have routine, even some things that are bad for you don't hurt you. Because the body likes routine. It likes the predictability and it lowers stress. Mm-hmm. Are you a person of routine?
1: Yes, yes. I, I do exactly that. I look forward to getting up. I put my makeup on like I'm going to the ballet every day, immaculate. I make sure my clothes for the gym are always nice and bright and cheery. I don't like to wear dark colors. If I wear dark colors, I feel like I'm going to a funeral. Mm-hmm. But I always wear something bright, especially up here you know, look after my skin, and just, I go to work singing. I turn on my radio like a 15-year-old, and I'm singing and dancing the entire way. And when I get to the gym, sometimes I have to sit there for a minute or two just to finish the CD, and I just, you know, yeah. And, of course, my gym has beautiful music playing in it.
2: Are you, are you a big proponent of protecting your sleep? Do you have a sleep routine?
1: Yes, yeah. Yeah. Now, my husband goes to bed rather early. I always like to be in bed by 11. Okay. And I'll get up at 6. And uh, in my youth, I suffered with insomnia, depression, racing thoughts my entire life. And then when I hit menopause, um, about 57 I was before I could honestly say I get a good night's sleep. Before that seven o'clock in the morning and I'd still be trying to get 10 minutes sleep before I got up to mm. go to work and by the way a lot of people don't know this but I entered my very first bodybuilding show at age 50. Wow and even then even I was competing against women much younger than myself but no one had ever heard of a 50 year old lady getting up on stage Of course it's quite common now right but when you got up on stage which was 25 years ago, there were no 50-year-old bodybuilders getting on stage and competing. And I have—I've won 11 first-place titles. I have two Florida state championships, and from age 57 to 63, that's when I won 10, 10 NPC shows, all level fives, uh, first-place wins. So, wow, that's good. so
2: impressive. So the last, the
1: last I was 66 when I last competed and I was in the best shape ever at 66 even when than when I was 50. so
2: uh, I want since you uh, you mentioned Bob your husband I want no, uh, and if he's back there we'll have him jump into the the, the screen here in no, he had to go back to his office. Oh, okay, okay. Well, we're gonna we're gonna take a quick commercial break, and when we come back, I've got some more questions for you. Uh, I'm I'm really intrigued, and I I can't tell you how fond I am of of you and what you're saying because it validates what I have believed, and so I feel like yeah, I, I, I'm on the right track. So we're gonna take one quick commercial break, but we'll be right back with more. You're listening to Superhuman Radio or watching Superhuman Radio. Stay tuned
1: ever feel like you want something crunchy from the company that gave us the quest protein bar now comes the quest high protein potato chips with 21 grams of high quality protein and only five grams of carbs and no artificial ingredients just like quest bars you'll feel like you're cheating but you're not Go to superhumanradio.com and click the Quest high-protein potato chip banner ad today and get ready to be satisfied. Thanks to Quest Nutrition, chips just aren't what they used to be.
2: Whether your goal is to build muscle or burn fat, you'll find everything you need at redcon 1. Need help getting a good night's sleep? Try Fade Out or the most popular pre-workout supplement on the market today, Total War. Sign up for their new Transformation Challenge and win $10,000. Or shop for apparel that people at the gym will know that you are serious about your training. Need a testosterone booster that works? Check out Boomstick. Whatever you need, you'll find the best quality supplements on the market at Redcon1. Go to Redcon1.com. That's R-E-D-C-O-N, the number 1.com or go to superhumoradio.net and click the Redcon1 banner ad today.
0: Men and women, you've heard about hormone optimization. Do you feel like it's something you want to look into? RenewLifeRx.com is the place to start. Their doctors can help you with the solutions. Renew RenewLifeRX.com has a simple process for lab work, consultation, and taking a deep dive into where your hormone levels can be improved. Superhuman radio listeners get 30% off your initial lab work and consultation. Go to RenewLifeRX.com to schedule your no-obligation phone consultation today. Feel
2: younger, get in better shape, and be more productive at RenewLifeRX.com. For the past four months, I've been keeping a secret. Every night at bedtime, I tape my mouth shut with somnifix strips. That's right, and here's why. Whether you snore or not, at some point in the night, almost all of us start breathing through our mouth. Since I've started using Somnifix strips, I've noticed that I sleep deeper and have seen improvements in my health, fitness, and cognitive function. That's because nose breathing activates the parasympathetic nervous system and improves nitric oxide production. And that leads to improved sleep immunity, carbon dioxide, oxygen exchange, and much more. Oh, and if you do snore, it'll help you stop snoring. Try Somnifix risk-free. Go to S- S-O-M-N-I-F-I-X.com forward slash S-H-R. Get a free trial pack of Somnifix strips today. There are a few products that I believe in the way I believe in Can-See Eye Drops. I've been using can for six months now and the changes in my vision are nothing short of amazing. Wow, that's an old commercial. The truth is I've been using can Eye Drops for 11 years now and I credit Can-See Eye Drops as being the reason that I do not need reading glasses at 58 years old. Can-See Eye Drops improves the quality and health of your eyes indefinitely. That's why I both Use and endorse can Eye Drops. Go to wisechoicemedicine.com and learn about how can Eye Drops can improve the health of your eyes and the quality of your vision today. You're
0: listening to the Superhuman Channel. Don't hate us because we feel good.
2: Welcome back. Okay, so. One of the questions I want to ask you, Iris, is about menopause because uh, there are some women who go through menopause and it really affects them terribly. It literally derails their lives. And then there are some women who just waltz through it. They say, hey, you know, I really didn't notice much of anything. And in, in both of those cases, one thing that most postmenopausal women do have a problem with is the accumulation of body fat. Did anything change for you as far as the way you had to train or the way you had to eat? Or anything like that when you went through menopause?
1: Honestly, I have to report no. And a lot of it is because I just wouldn't let it. I worked harder, I walked longer, I changed my diet, and I just checked myself almost daily. If I saw two pounds coming on, those two pounds came off. Because now, don't anybody take this as vanity. This is loving myself, loving the way I looked, loving the way I always looked, and wondering how long I could keep looking like this. And I'm deliriously happy that I'm 75 and still look like this. I still have a 25 inch waist, still have nice hips. I've got, you know, I'm not over muscular, but I'm very fit and very toned. Mm -hmm. And menopause. I got moody, of course. (laughs) But I didn't let it change me. I didn't let it change me. And also, I had a hysterectomy, and I didn't let that change me either. Two weeks after the hysterectomy, I'm out dancing in a nightclub. Everybody said, you better go sit down, but I felt great. And uh, so I've had a lot of illnesses. One of the illnesses... I don't know if you me- I mentioned it to you, but I got encephalitis mm. at the age of 47, and I was bedridden for two and a half years. At what age? Two and a half, 47. Oh, my goodness. Yes, 47. I was working at a bank in London. I was living in London then. was working at a bank in London, and one morning I went to work, and I opened my computer, I didn't recognize anything. I didn't recognize anything. It was my work, my desk, my computer, but nothing registered. And again, I'll never forget this. Somebody asked me for, hey Iris, do you have you know, Fred Smith's phone number? A number that was on the tip of my tongue and I might go and phone number, phone number. What does phone number mean? I didn't know anything. Pressure, and, pressure
2: on the brain. You had pre- your brain with, you have, it is, yeah.
1: It comes from stress and working too hard. And when I was in the bank, I was working sometimes 18, 19, 20 hours a day. And that's the truth. I did that for like five years. And it's low blood flow to the brain. The brain doesn't receive any blood. And what happens is you can have all the symptoms at once or you can have them five or six at a time. And when I'm talking about all the symptoms, if you can imagine your toenails pain hurting all the way to the tip of your head and even your hair painting. You couldn't look at any light whatsoever. The light would And you couldn't talk. You were like, "Uh, uh, uh," stuttering idiot. And I suffered with that for two and a half years. Oh, my gosh. And as soon as I, I was 47, and as soon as I could... I went back to the gym where I'd always been, you know, a bit of a people would look and say, my God, you look great. And then when I turned up two and a half years later, they say, what happened to you? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it was me. I was sick. I was, you know, I looked like I'd been in prison. I was pale. And uh, I couldn't even turn the door handle. This is all true. Could not lift a bottle of water. So I started back completely from scratch, lifting two pounds, two pounds, no leg presses, but I could do leg lifts. I remember lying on the floor in my house in London and lifting my legs for two hours straight just to try and get some mind-muscle connection Mm -hmm. because I couldn't do it. And yet a year later at age 50 was when I entered my first shop up there with twenty two year olds. Did you did you ever did you ever ever feel
2: sorry for yourself? You know, people feel, oh why me, why me? Yeah. No.
1: I am responsible for me. If I'm sorry for myself, it's because of something I let happen to me. I am not sorry for myself. I you know, of course I moan at times, but I'm not sorry for myself. When I know when I see where I was born and what I've come through I lay down at night in bed when I go to sleep and I'm deliriously happy. I say to God, look at me now. Who would have I'd something I never even dreamed about. I never knew I was being a trailblazer back fifty years ago with the only woman in the gym. When Jane Farmer came on the scene, I'd already been doing it twenty years. <laughs> and then all of a sudden there's like aerobics, I'd already been doing that for twenty years. And then there was personal training. You know, I'd already been doing that for 30 years. So I, I did it all before I even knew I would make a living out of it.
2: Um, but where, where did you get this message of, uh, of carry on mom, dad, was there, was there a message in the household? The family was very proud and we stand our own feet and don't ask for anything. And where, where did you get that message?
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, my father, um, uh, was serving in the British Royal Air Force. He was in the RAF when we were growing up. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it was my mother in the household with all the kids. And we were not allowed to tell anybody how poor we were because my mom and my dad, although we were poor, they came from very good families. In fact, I've seen some of my ancestors' photos, amazing you know, very lace and silk and leather shoes and everything, but it's called a um, silk satin, silk and satin Irish, right? As opposed to shanty Irish,
2: right? I've heard so ber- I've be- heard both of those terms growing up in Brooklyn. So go ahead. Yeah, yeah.
1: we did have you know both our parents had these wonderful uh, heritage. It's just it was a sad time in Ireland, and uh, but we were never allowed to tell anybody. Never. And there's many places my mother could have gone to to get free stuff. Like there was the Vincent de Paul, you could go down there and get free clothes. She would never go. Never in a million years would she let herself be seen down there. And any time she did go out, she was always proud. Well-dressed, gloves, hat, everything. And we were always very proud of her because she was – and my grandmother was the same. Very good, very straight, and very proud. So we picked that up from our parents, yes.
2: Interesting. And I to
1: <laughs> pass that on to my beautiful granddaughter, Roxanne.
2: Oh, I love that name. Roxanne, that's great. Uh,
1: my, my grandson Billy.
2: So, you, earlier in the in the interview, you said that you know you do this because you love yourself. This is self love, and 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 something that I had to come to terms with uh, at a point in my life. Elisa uh, once said to me, uh, "You know how when you're on the airplane, they tell you uh, put your oxygen mask on first, and then help somebody else." and and she says you know that's like a good way to lead your life if you take care of yourself then you can take care of other people if you don't take care of yourself you can't help anyone in fact you become a burden to other people and and i've looked at life through those uh sunglasses for for a long time now do you think that you subscribe to that same approach to life if i if i'm strong if i'm healthy then i can help others but if because a lot of people would look at you and say you know, Iris, you're just too self absorbed, you're just too worried about yourself.
1: Oh yeah, I get that all the time. I have people who I know laugh at me behind my back and I just say, Look at you and look at me.
2: <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> That's my answer. Right. You know, I walk into a restaurant, you walk into a restaurant. Who are the people going to remember? Right.
2: Right. So, right. And I don't
1: I don't envy anybody. Because whoever has what they have, they've worked for it. Right. I admire people who've worked for stuff. Nobody's ever given me a penny. I've just worked for everything I've ever gained. And I'm, I'm doing quite well. My husband and I do real well. We have been married 35 years. And you, he was 23 years old.
2: So we talked about that. You said, to, you said one of your friends said, Iris, you are the original cougar. You never you never heard yeah. that term cougar before, right? I
1: never heard that term no. <laughs> I was I was thirty eight and my husband was twenty three and we met in California in San Jose and I was on my way back to England I was just no, I was just about to turn forty, I remember. And you know, I, I said to myself, Oh, I'm turning forty now, I must get sensible. So I had beautiful long hair. I cut the hair, and I was traumatized once I did. But I had this thing about, oh, I don't need to be living in America. I need to get back to England, get back to my family. So I was, I was in the middle of plans to go back to London, where my family had all moved to. And I did, but before I did, I just, I had just met Bob, and he was twenty-three, <laughs> and I was turning forty. And within a month of me being in England, he packed up everything and followed me to London.
2: (laughs) Wow. I've
1: been together since that's 35 In fact, next Sunday will be our wedding anniversary.
2: Oh, congratulations. That's wonderful.
3: That's wonderful.
2: Let's answer this question before we go on to my next question. Uh, So this is from Pamela Garvin. Do you find you need to increase your protein as you get older? No?
1: Uh, I don't need to overdo on protein, no. I, I know last Friday I had two protein drinks and thinking, oh, should I do that? No, not necessarily. Not necessarily. You only need so many grams of protein per day for your body weight, and uh, don't overdo the protein. So so no. what,
2: so what what is your your approach to grams of protein per pound of body weight? Is it one pound one gram per pound of body weight?
1: Yes. Yeah. 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 Yeah,
2: but that that that's probably still more than the average person eats, because I, I I'm I'm 230 pounds and I eat somewhere between 230 and 270 grams of protein a day. And when I tell my friends who are the same age as me, yeah. I'm you know I'm I'm still young, I'm 60, but I, I say you know I I eat 230 250 grams of protein a day, and they look at me like, how can you do that? Like that's so much food. Well, if you eat four or five or six meals a day, it's really easy, <laughs> you know. Yeah,
1: yeah.
3: So.
1: yeah. I always start off my morning with three eggs. I have three eggs, fried eggs. I don't scramble them. I like a fried egg. Yeah, I have I three, sli- uh, two slices of toast, and my three eggs. And that's my that will that's my fuel um, because you must have carbs. You right. cannot exist without carbs. You need the carbs. Carbs is your energy. It's your food. It's the, you know it feeds your brain as well. So, right.
2: do you do you eat red meat? A lot of women seem to as they get older they stop eating red meat.
1: Yeah, no. I love my red meat. I love my steak. I don't like pork, but I love steak. Uh, I like fish. The majority I eat is chicken because it's so easy. I'm not a cook anymore. What's one thing that happened to me when I had my encephalitis? I lost my ability to cook. Really? And I was I, I had I was a great cook. I would follow recipes, and when I got through with the encephalitis, thank God I remembered how to still go to the gym, but I've lost. <laughs> All my tricks in the kitchen have gone. Really? So every, all our meals are very bland, very, very bland.
2: That's so interesting. Um, when we went, to, I told you that Elisa and I went to Ireland recently, and we, we loved it. We loved the people there. And Irish people are very strong people. Uh, they've, they've endured a lot as, as yeah. a civilization. Um, so do you ever plan, Do you ever do you go back to Ireland at all?
1: No, I have not been back to Ireland. I have family there. I have lots of nieces and nephews, and I'd like to give a big shout-out to them if I could. But no, I haven't been to Ireland. I'm waiting for some Irish talk show host to invite me on his show.
2: Well, we have we have people who listen to this show in Ireland. In fact, when we went to Ireland, we got a chance to meet some of them, John Braun and John Bolger specifically. Uh, I know uh, we, we do have people who listen to the show in Ireland. So if they're listening, uh, maybe they could submit your name uh, to one of the local TV shows there in Dublin and get you on the air. That would be wonderful. That would be a great reason for you to go back and visit as well.
1: Yeah. Can I just mention that on the 7th of February, I shall be taking a trip to Florida. I'm being featured on the European TV stations. There's a producer who's going to come and video me, as a trainer, while I'm in action as a trainer, and that's going out to all the European TV stations. So,
2: and and, and feel free to plug. We're coming to the end of the interview, and I'm going to ask you in a couple minutes, a couple final questions. Anyone that you want to plug? So we we already have uh dot right? That's one. Yes. And then the yes. folks that are letting you use the computer at the uh, the the uh, beautiful rustic Be bed and breakfast.
1: And- the Beechwood Inn in Clayton, Georgia. The wonderful North Georgia mountains. There are bed and breakfast, Gordon Brooks, and um, I'll see if they hear that they come in, come in and say hello. Okay, David. Well, and these are actually my clients too. Oh, here. Wait, well, so
2: we're gonna we're gonna zoom in just on you so that we could see them standing um, behind you. Here comes David yeah, and someone yeah. else. Who's David coming? and
1: Gail? And these are the proprietors. Can you get in here? and come around
2: this way, yeah. So tell tell so tell my audience, tell my audience uh where exactly this is David you're Seller. Hi David. Tell my audience exactly where you're located. Uh so those of them who live in the area can come and stay with you folks sometime.
3: Where exactly sure. are We're you We're in located? Clayton, Georgia, at the very northeastern corner of the state of Georgia, right up against South Carolina and North Carolina. And this is Beachwood Inn, Georgia's premier wine country inn. So if you love food and wine, this is the place to come. So you have, do you have a vineyard on the property there? We make uh, several varieties of wine in cooperation with local vineyards. We're chefs and cooks and winemakers, but we're certainly not vineyard managers. So we buy grapes from local vineyards nearby. And
2: so that means, uh, uh, now I know that when Elisa gets to watch us, because she's she's on the road today. When she gets to watch us, she's going to say we need to come and visit you guys because we like to go to different places that. You know, bed and breakfast, vineyard-type places and spend weekends. So this is going to be cool. Very cool.
3: Yeah, we have many vineyards nearby us. We have four right here in Raven County that people can visit. In addition, we have a Wine Spectator Award of Excellence Wine Cellar. So we have over 5,000 bottles of wine in our cellar, a couple hundred different varieties. So just for-
2: when we come, that those will all go on a weekend. So just you know.
3: <laughs> <laughs> We have people like we heard before. <laughs>
2: Very very cool. thank you so much for letting uh, Iris do the show uh, from your from your property today it, 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 the the video was flawless so it really worked out good
3: We're good she's a great person we work with her ourselves she's our coach so we enjoy her a lot so uh, let
2: me ask you a question the, the, the working with Iris because uh, of the age similarities let's say do you think that brings something special to working with her that you wouldn't get if you worked with some you know 30 year old kid down at the gym?
3: No, I think she's tough on us, just like we were a 30-year-old kid. She's, she really makes us work. You know, She doesn't give us a break just because we're 70 years old ourselves. She, uh, you know, she makes sure that we get a good workout, and she makes sure that we don't injure ourselves. She is really safety conscious, and she throws a lot of weight in the gym there, too, because other kids can really do some silly things, and she'll walk up there, and she'll tell them, you know, you could hurt yourself.
2: Right. Right, yeah, that's great. Uh, we have a couple more questions. Thanks so much for for coming out and saying hello to the audience. I'm going to bring the uh, Thank take you. the Thank solo, you. take care take the solo off. So we have another question uh, for you, Iris from Sherry. Yeah, uh, Nolting. She says, uh, "What is your skincare regimen? You do have beautiful skin. What do you do?"
1: I've been looking after my skin since I was a teenager. I remember when I was 17 years old, making sure I never got these rubbery elbows. <laughs> and I put um, vitamin E on my skin right now. Right. I've been through a lot of uh, beauty regimens, but right now I have a shower and I also use coconut oil a lot on my skin. Mm-hmm. So I get out of the shower while I'm still wet. I'll put the coconut right. oil on the the, the ones that doesn't, the real pure Coconut oil. Right, the
2: kind that you would cook with and eat, right, exactly.
1: Yes, yeah. And it's it's the health benefits from it are incredible. So I use the coconut oil and vitamin E, and that's it. And even not an expensive vitamin E, and I lather it daily.
2: That's awesome. But I do,
1: I do look, I, I, I'm surprised I still have good skin because I was a sun worshiper. I mean, I used to follow the sun for the last ray, but I haven't been in the sun. Personally, for about 15 years, because if you're a bodybuilder like I am, I would rather spend four hours in the gym than an hour on the beach.
2: Well, you just need to train on the beach and get them both covered. No, do it. no,
1: I love my gym. I, I work at a wonderful gym. I don't know if you want me plug to plug it. Yeah, t- Say their name. Sure. I work at your time fitness in Clayton, Georgia. It's it's the best gym ever. If they don't have it in my gym you do not need it, or you've never seen it or heard of it.
2: <laughs> Interesting, very cool. It's
1: very modern. It's and and it's also um, it's it's a gym for everybody. We have a lot of seniors and we have youngsters. So
2: so, so before we uh, uh, end this interview, is, uh, is there anything specific that we didn't cover that you want the audience to know about you personally?
1: Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm just very very normal I'm down to earth yeah I you know, I go into Walmart everybody in there I greet them all they all ask for my picture I'm very normal I've got um, let me see uh, yeah I'll plug myself I'm going to be in, featured in a movie that may have some Hollywood stars I have 11 titles in bodybuilding first place titles I've trained champions. I'm doing an interview for European TV. I've been in 23 magazines, and I still have people who hate me.
2: Oh, well, that's okay. I, 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 a, good <laughs> friend of, a good friend of mine, Anthony Roberts, told me that uh, you're not officially successful until you have at least one hater. So the more haters you are, the better off you are. So just remember that. I love haters. I love when people post horrible things about me because I know that, that, that it's working then. Everything is working. That's funny. Well, listen, I want to thank you so much for taking time to do this interview today. I hope that people will reach out to you. Uh, Yes. Yes, go ahead.
1: Can I say hi to my son, Kaz, his beautiful wife, Desiree, my granddaughter, Roxanne, and my grandson, Billy, and all my friends in Ireland, which are too many to mention. And I'd like to give a big shout out to Kimberly Ann Jones. Who was Britain's first female bodybuilder. And I never we grew up not far from each other, but when I was in London, and I never knew she existed, and she never knew I existed till I saw her out on a billboard one day and blew my mind. She was fantastic. And we've become very good friends and still are to this day.
2: That's wonderful. Very, very good. And of
1: course my husband has been my biggest support. Bob, I wanted, I wanted, to, I wanted to get him. I want,
2: yeah, I him. wanted to get him on camera. I thought he was going to be there, but Bob's a great guy. Very, very, and thank you for all of his technical uh, support in getting yeah. us to have video yeah. today. Yeah,
1: yeah, couldn't have done it without him. You can't do a bodybuilding career without the support of your loved one. Yeah, that's true. Thank the you, Carl. I'm so grateful to you to do this interview. I hope you've all learned something and learned how important it is to keep your form and look after yourself.
2: I love it. I love it. Okay, Iris, thank you so much for being with us, and I'm sure you and I will talk again. And that's the end of today's show. And uh, keep uh, in mind, if you're watching this for the first time, the website is superhumanradio.net. We've been doing this for – we're going into our 14th year, and uh, it's all about living stronger and living longer. So check out the website, and we will see everybody tomorrow with more Superhuman Radio. Thank you for listening today.